0: Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway, broadcast live on Classical 89 and Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Tim Slover, and tonight's remarkable journey takes us to 18th century Germany. It begins in Weimar and ends 17 years later in Kutten. Those are the places, and that is the amount of time it took Johann Sebastian Bach to write his perfect musical set, the Sonatas and Partitas for Solo Violin. Our distinguished driver tonight on the highway is a man I'm very honored to meet, Mr. David Park, the assistant concertmaster of the Utah Symphony, who, you'll be pleased to know, has brought his violin. David started playing the violin at the age of five in Seoul, Korea. Since coming to the United States at the age of seven, He's studied with some of the most distinguished violinists of our time, including Yasha Heifetz and Joseph Gingold. He's given recitals in many of the world's greatest concert halls, Alice Tully Hall, Carnegie Weill Hall and Merkin Hall in New York, Saul Playel in Paris, the Sejong Music Center in Seoul, and venues in Germany, Russia, and China. David earned his Bachelor of Music at the University of Indiana and his Master of Violin Performance from the Juilliard School of Music. I'm eager to chat with David, but first, let's hear from his violin. Here are the first two movements of Bach's Sonata No. 1 in G Minor, performed live by David Park on Highway 89. Hmm. You've just heard live the Adagio and Allegro movements from Bach's Sonata No. 1 in G minor. You're listening to Highway 89. I'm Tim Slover, and this is an all-Bach hour, highlighting his sonatas and partitas for solo violin. David Park is the assistant concertmaster of the Utah Symphony and an accomplished worldwide violin soloist. Also, you're a sports enthusiast, a wine (laughs) aficionado, particularly the Bordeaux, I understand, (laughs) a lover of nature and of films. (laughs) Pakshi Anyunghashim Nikka.
1: Hi, Tim. How are you?
0: (laughs) That's that's all the Korean I know. That was it. I exhausted the whole thing there. But let's begin by talking about Bach then. Yes. You've said that his music is the staple of the violin repertoire. What do you mean
1: by that? Well, you know, I think in every instrument, there is a certain repertoire that uh, in the inside world, everybody considers the most difficult works uh, written for their instrument. And I think for violin, uh, Bach, uh, the sonatas, and partitas are definitely one of the most difficult challenges for every violinist. And, you know, I was just thinking while I was playing, uh, Joseph Silverstein, who used to be the music director here and an accomplished violinist, he used to tell me that uh, playing Bach keeps one humble and it, it it surely does you know i mean there are times when sometimes the ego gets in the way you know oh i can do anything and then when you perform these pieces i'm mean, not just play them but like perform it and you, you just realize wow you know it, it's 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 a tough hurdle to to handle well thank you certainly mm-hmm. done beautifully here yeah, yeah, can
0: we talk about your own musical journey for a little bit sure um I know that there was uh, a, you could have been a doctor, and you, I'm sure you would have been a fine one. But <laughs> then your father went, to, who was also a professional musician, yes. went
1: to a concert, and uh, something happened there. Uh, yeah.
0: Can you talk about that?
1: Yes, you know, I, you know, both of my parents are musicians; so they're both cellists, and uh, uh, I have one older brother. And um, when I was going off to college, you know, I had to decide, uh, you know, which uh, which road did I take. And um, my mother, she was a professor in, and also cellist is so philharmonic. Uh, she knows the difficulty of making it in the music world. And uh, she was not very encouraging, actually. So she always wanted two sons to be a lawyer and a doctor. And my older brother is a lawyer, and uh, obviously she wanted me to become a medical doctor. And actually, there's a medical doctor here <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> but... Um, Oh, anyway, so it was a tough decision, but um one of the reasons that I did go into music was uh, because my father told me a story, and uh you know he, they're they're so very encouraging and it's, they told me it's not really about how successful or how famous you become and He told me when he was growing up in in Korea during the old days, you know everything was more difficult right, and they never had lessons they had to learn on their own and, and so forth. And he said, um, one time there was a a, a violinist from New York Philharmonic who came to Korea to perform. And uh, up until that point, he's never heard musician of that caliber. And wow, and he just, it just blew him away. And even at the time when he was talking to me, uh, he said he still remembers that moment. It was so special. And to him, music, you know, plays this kind of role. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, in some ways, I, I feel like to become a professional musician, you are a doctor in a way. I mean, you're like a soul doctor, you know? I mean, you can really reach out and, and touch people and really make their their life uh, better in that sense.
0: Wow, I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, the soul doctor will now continue our <laughs> musical journey with uh, two movements from Johann Sebastian Bach's Partita number three in E major. You've just heard the Preludio and Gavotte en Rondeau from Bach's Partita Number 3 in E Major. You're tuned to Highway 89, a live music performance program broadcast on Classical 89 and Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Tim Slover, and this is an all-Bach hour, highlighting his sonatas and partitas for solo violin and playing this music with sublime vigor, is David Park, the Assistant Concert Master of the Utah Symphony and Adjunct Professor of Violin at the University of Utah School of Music. Um, David, you started playing the violin at the age of five? Yes. You never wanted to be, a, I don't know, a fireman or a veterinarian? <laughs> Was it always the piano
1: or always the violin? Sorry for you. Well, you, you know, as some people here know that you know, I, I really, truly love sports. It's my second passion and uh like many of the people from my generation growing up uh, i was a huge fan of michael jordan and uh i always wanted to be like well like mike exactly. <laughs> but you know um i went to talking about sports actually i went to a high school a private school for for arts and drama and i was told by the headmaster that we've never had a music major who played varsity sports, hmm. and uh, well, that intrigued me, so you know I was playing a lot of tennis back in those days, so I believe I think I was the first varsity tennis player in that school. Wow, yeah
0: <laughs> well that brings up this question for me. I mean, yeah. I'm sort of exhausted watching you play.
1: What is it like physically is it how taxing is it to play you know, what you've been playing I tell you one of the reasons why I get so much into sports. You know, to be, I think, uh, a certain level performer, one has to have some athleticism. You know, to, the, for example, the first piece I just played just now, the, the Plurio, uh I mean, the whole, I don't know how long, it's four or five minutes or so. I mean, as you heard, I mean, it just sprint from beginning to the end. I broke a sweat, <laughs> And you know, what makes this so difficult, um, these works are violent alone. So many times when you have a piano accompaniment, it actually makes it a little bit easier. And, and actually when, you, when one solos with orchestra, in the beginning it's difficult, but in the end it's actually a little bit easier. Because you have this big support behind you. Right. But when you're all by yourself, like, like these works by Bach, it, it, it just makes it that much more difficult. It, it's like a, doing a monologue, I mean it's, it's not so easy.
0: Well, game, set, and match on that performance.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: in a minute, you're going to perform the piece we've been sort of working up to all mm. hour, talking about physical difficulty, yes. uh, Box Chaconne from his Partita Number no. 2. Yes. Uh, it's a per- piece you perform many times, I understand. Yes, yes. In, in many different settings. In fact, this isn't even your first time performing it live on the radio. I think you, you performed it in France. Yes, yes, that was very exciting. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, not as exciting as this. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> Nothing okay. can be this. But. but I'd like to know about your performance of the Chaconne for the box 325th anniversary of his birth. Oh, yes. Uh, that, I think, was in San Francisco yes. at the Grace Cathedral. Yes. Can yes. you talk about that?
1: Yes. You know, uh, you know, it's interesting. When I approach a masterpiece like this Chaconne, um, As you get older, you see uh, different views and different lights and different understanding. It's interesting, there is a kind of a puzzle behind this piece. Uh, But maybe we'll talk about it afterwards, but um, me playing in Grace Cathedral, I always wanted to play this piece in a great cathedral because I perceive this piece as a great work of art like a great cathedral. Not just the size, but the design and all the details behind it. And, and uh, so that was kind of my dream, to play in, in one of the renowned cathedrals. And somehow it came upon one of my supporters in San Francisco who was a board member of this cathedral. And uh, he booked me to play for the Sunday service for the prologue segment. And uh, you know, this is a very long uh, a piece, about 15 minutes or so. So they don't generally allow something of that length. But since this was a special occasion and special piece, uh, so I got to do it. And, but it was also very special because um, I performed up in the balcony. I think they call it a gallery. And, um, you know, this piece, like much of his box music, it has a certain uh, religious tone to it. And there was this uh, a stained glass above me, and there was a, the ray of sunshine coming in. And, and the people were downstairs, of course. And then when I was playing this music, you know, it's kind of a heavenly music. And then the light was shining through. And, you know, when I was performing, you know, the ambiance is very important for a performer. So for many as- aspects uh, such as that, it, it just made that experience that special. Wow.
0: Maybe... Maybe a gleam from Bach on his birthday. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was really, really wonderful feeling while I was playing. I was like, wow, it was, I'm so lucky to be performing this piece. Well, we're lucky that you're going to perform it now
0: live for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, as David walks back to his performance area, I'll uh, mention something that uh, Johann Brahms said. It was kind of an alarming thing. He wrote uh, about Bach's Chaconne. Uh, to Clara Schumann, he said on one staff for a small instrument, the man writes a whole world of the deepest thoughts and most powerful feelings. If I imagine that I could have created, even conceived the piece, I'm quite certain that the excess of excitement and earth-shattering experience would have driven me out of my mind. Well, we're very grateful that playing Bach Chacon has not driven David Park out of his mind. Now here it is, performed live on Highway 89.
2: Bye. Thank you.
0: You've just heard Bach's Chaconne from his Partita Number 2 in D minor. Uh, David, uh, not bad. <laughs> Thank you, what, what do you think after you, just after
1: you played something like that? What, what thoughts go through your head? You know, it, it's uh, you know a little bit about this piece. You know, this was written in 1720, and that's the year. You know, I did some uh, research into this over the years, and that's the year his first wife passed away. He had gone off to a, a vacation, and when he came back, he discovered his, his wife was uh, uh, dead and then actually buried already. So some, some uh, uh, experts feel that this was kind of a requiem or, or like a tombow, uh written for his, his wife. But you know, I tell you, uh, recently I did some studying about I, I had heard that Bach likes to play with numbers. Now, this is very interesting uh, facts here. Uh, There are 64 variations in in this movement, and each variation is four measure. So when you calculate that, I think it comes out to 256. So that's the total number of measures in, in this whole piece. Now, but, well, actually, that's technically... 256, but actually when I counted it, it was 257. Okay, mm-hmm. so there was one extra. I said, wow, why, why would he add extra measure in there? And because, you know, he's such a scholar, so calculated a composer, I don't think it was by accident. Well, I counted his B-A-C-H, right? Right. Uh, B2 and so forth, right? And I thought, oh, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a code, you know? And uh, if you add B-A-C-H, B is two, and A, and one, and so forth, it comes to, I believe, 14. And then when you add two, five, and seven, you have 14. So this, I I don't know for sure, but I just, you know, I just found this out. I said, wow, I wonder if it was uh, in the midst of writing this great masterpiece, uh, he likes to he liked to play kind of a game here and there and, and and that's that's the kind of genius he was. I mean this is just one aspect of it. But there's so many greatness uh, behind this piece. You know, I tell you, some I've heard some experts feel that this piece of work is one of the greatest invention of human in, in history of humankind. So I mean so, certain people have gone even that far uh of of uh, um uh, speaking on this, this piece uh, so for, for every violinist it's, it's one of the biggest challenges for us How long would it, did it take you to learn that piece? To perform oh. it that beautifully? Oh, you know I, I don't know it's hard to say I think one of the difficulties of playing Bach is also that uh, many musicians feel like oh you know Bach is for more of a mature musician that a youngster whose finger can move, they have to understand the music in a deeper sense. Mm. And sometimes, you know, I I do that myself. I try to find meaning or stories behind it, even if that's not what the composer intended. And and to me, me, it makes it much more interesting as well. But in terms of it's hard to put a time frame on this piece. I've learned it, you know, when I was a student. Mm. And I think each time I perform it, I try to find something new and interesting. I just
0: love this idea that maybe the track of Bach's pain
1: Mm.
0: runs through that because of the death of his wife. Certainly Mm. nothing I'd heard before. Uh, I have about 100 more questions to ask. Uh, (laughs) I have a feeling I could talk to you for a long time, but uh, I do have one more question. mm. You played in a unique place as part of an exchange gala concert. Okay. A few years ago. So I think it was in 2003, 2002, okay.
1: 2003. Uh-huh. What was it like to play in Pyongyang, North Korea? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's in the news right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it was actually a very incredible experience. Uh, because, I I've mean, I've, like many people, I've seen videos, a documentary, and so forth. But uh, when I actually got there, it was completely, I mean, it was totally different. And first of all, kind of interesting fact, you in know, I wore jeans going into the airport and they told me to change my pants.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and I mean, starting from that and, and but just uh, the electricity is very scarce over there, for example. So, I mean, in the, in the nighttime, I mean, it's completely pitch black. So there was a full moon one night. And literally, it's like a light right in your your living room. And things like that, I mean, moments like that was actually quite uh, special. And then, you know, I mean, again, as a musician, my job is to bring music to people and and bring certain uh, feelings and certain joyous feelings. So that's why I went there um, and to bring certain uh, hope for the people. And uh, surprisingly, I, I got along very well with the citizen. I mean, because citizens are themselves are very nice people. Thank you.
0: That's beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Well, this concludes another hour of Highway 89. This hour featured selections from Johann Sebastian Bach's sonatas and partitas for solo violin. And our guest this hour has been violinist David Park. Prior to his appointment as assistant concertmaster of the Utah Symphony, he was the concertmaster of the Festival International d'Art Lyrique de Musique d'Aix-en-Provence, I think I should get an award for getting that, also the Wintergreen Music Festival Orchestra and the Juilliard Symphony Orchestra. David frequently travels to perform as a guest concertmaster and soloist, as well as to perform chamber music. Some of his recent engagements have been with the Roanoke Symphony in Virginia, the Pan-Asia Symphony Orchestra in Hong Kong, and the Soul Philharmonic Orchestra as a guest concertmaster. Also, he performed a recital for the Musique au cœur de Médoc concert series in Bordeaux, France, where I hope you had some excellent wine. (laughs) Thank you very much, David Park. Thank you, Tim. Highway 89 takes you to any number of musical destinations, every one of the musical and memorable. We always welcome comments and questions about our programming. For information about this show, simply email us at highway89, all one word, highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting. The recording engineer is Mark Waite. The show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Tim Slover. Thanks for joining us.